your client is going to go to Zillow. They're going to know that number. For you to walk in there whistling through the graveyard and like, oh, Zillow, what's that? I mean, that's the stupidest thing in the world. You want to be prepared. So one way of being prepared is like showing what the actual price it sold for and what's, what the assessment says and what's the difference. So that you can walk in there educated like, you know what? No, Zillow says this, but on average, Zillow's off by 3%. Zillow's off by 10%. Or let's say that you put a suggested list price that matches Zillow. Well, that's a judo move saying, well, you know what? Looks like Zillow's right this time. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, general manager of the U.S. market for Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents leverage the power of verified reviews. You can find out more at RateMyAgent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 268 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. Today, I'm going to talk CMAs. Yep. And I'm talking to uh, the, one of the co-founders of a company that really revolutionized CMAs, and that's going to be Greg Robertson. Of WNR Studios, uh, Cloud CMA is the tool we're talking about. They got the Cloud Agent Suite, uh, just some amazing stuff. And I'm really excited to to find out his story because it goes back nearly 30 years in the industry. Uh, so there's nothing better than talking about technology and what it looked like in 1992. So thanks for tuning in. Let's get this thing started. Greg, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Bill. I appreciate this. Thank you. Yeah, you know, you're somebody that I followed for a long time in the industry. Um, you have, you know, with with your podcast with with Rob Hahn Industry Relations, that's just a ton of fun. And yeah, also, you never know what's going to happen, which is makes it more fun. Uh, and and your Twitter accounts also a lot of fun to follow. If anyone out there wants to kind of have some, uh, have a good time. Uh, follow follow Greg Robertson on Twitter. I always start off with the podcast trying to figure out, you know, kind of where people are from and what got them in the business. And the first thing I know is, you know, your company's based in Huntington Beach, which I grew up in Southern California. I don't think there's any better place in the world weather-wise. Uh, and I think you're kind of close to the beach. Am I Am I, gotta, am I good with that? Uh, half a block away right now oh, in my office. Yeah. yeah. So are you, how long have you been there? Are you a native of Southern California? No, actually, I, I uh, was born up in the Seattle area, so in the Northwest. Um, but um, I've been here since, you know, I guess my dad got transferred out here um, in the uh, early 80s. So I, you know, came here to high school and then college and then uh, been here kind of ever since. I did move out to South Florida for a little bit for a, uh, uh, a friend of Dan and I's restarting a company out in Boca Raton. So I was out there for about six years and then moved back. T talk about the difference between Huntington Beach and Boca Raton. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know it's 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 funny. It's uh, you know Boca Boca Raton is it's interesting. It's like South Florida is just interesting, and especially on the East Coast, it seems like on the West Coast you get a lot of Midwestern people come to the West Coast of Florida, and then on the East Coast it's you know East Coast from New Jersey and New York and everything. So you're basically everybody's from the Northeast, from from New York or something, and. And to them, Boca is like Nirvana. It's like, oh my God, the weather. And you're coming from Southern California. It's like, this is so humid. This sucks, you know? Yeah. So the nobody that, you know, being the Californian out there was, you know, you always got your shared jokes. But um, the first thing is, it's just, you know, it's, uh, you know, I think um, not to sound ageist or anything, but it's a little bit known as a heaven's, heaven's waiting room, right? Um, it's a large retirement community there. Yeah. Um, and um, so that's, that kind of changes the things. But um. There's also a lot of uh, a lot of cool spots there. I mean, 
my you know first two kids were born in Florida. I mean, Cole and Toby. So um, I love the gig that I had down there with uh, working with Stu Siegel and Dave Meyer and the rest of the E-Neighborhoods crew. Uh, Dan and I, when we went down there, we just learned a ton. These guys were great businessmen and really just got a, a master course in a SaaS kind of business. Um, so it was just the, the gig was phenomenal. But, you know, I just, my wife was from here. She grew up, you know, basically in, in Huntington Beach. Um, she moved out of here from uh, Chicago when she was like, I think like eight years old or 10 years old. Yeah. Um, so it was home, it's home, right? So, yeah. Doing a little digging, a little research. I, I need to talk to you about um, your the, the, the gig you had. One of your first gigs was working in event production. Yeah. yeah. And I've been to a lot of events. We've all seen it, right? Where, you know, you there's there's a crew of people that are, like critical to the success of the event. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but you also, I think you mentioned somewhere where I, I was reading that you had, you know, some very interesting maybe guests or, or stars or speakers. Like, is there any, any stories you can share or is it? No. Know? Yeah. I mean, right out of, I mean, it was, in, it, it was an interesting time. I graduated in 89 and I went to interview at a place called photo and sound. And they were kind of like a AV company for lack of a better word, but they would do also, you know, small concerts, festivals, but mostly corporate gigs, like, you know, IBM's general, you know, meeting, right? Or, right. you know, the sales meeting for, you know, uh, Herbalife or something, you know, something like that, right? So you'd set up sound and lighting and sounds, you know, PA support. Um, you know, back then they had slide projectors still, which were being phased out. And the big thing that was coming on the industry were, were basically these big projectors because people had laptops now and they want to connect the projectors. Where they, before they would really use slides. I came in right when all that these these computer projectors started coming, which are now common and really, you know, I guess everybody has a flat screen now, but you know, really, you know, putting it on a big screen so the entire audience can see. So my background having computer experience, they nobody in the sound and lighting world had kind of computer experience. So they needed somebody that could kind of work with these projectors and then talk to the speakers that had these laptops to connect them both. So I was like that bridge that gap between basically slides and slide decks of, you know, of the Kodak time in a carousel to <laughs> laptops and projectors. So I got really, so that's the type of thing that I would go on the road with and, and work with uh, companies are. And being in Southern California, you had a lot of um, companies that would do their corporate events here in Southern California. So at all the local hotels, I know the back, I know the back, uh, you know, ways and all the kitchen entrances of every hotel here in town almost yeah. and of the major venues like the anaheim convention center or the pond or um you know back down when it was you know irvine meadows and things i've always i've all been backstage on those kind of things but i once did uh i did a i was basically helping uh, supporting the front of house mix and the and the monitor mix for the playboy jazz festival and i i was uh i got to hung around with um bill cosby back then because he was the host of that that was kind of interesting. I've yeah. I've met um, Bill Gates. He, he was speaking at a, uh, a a corporate event for um, one of the memory card manufacturers down here. Um, I met Neil Armstrong too. Um, he actually signed my multimeter. I have a, a multimeter that's signed by Neil Armstrong, that's which is awesome. like the, it's a. I mean, as a space geek, I, I'm a kind of a space geek, and I just love that. So, um, you know, saw Michael Jackson at a at a charity thing that we're doing up the Beverly Hills Hotel. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. you know different things, but in that world. You know, the guy. It's funny because the the stagehands, the back, you know, the backstage guys, they think of the talent as like, oh, those guys are nobodies. You know, we're the real show. We put this all up. We make this happen. 
you know, yeah. you go over there and speak from the teleprompter, you monkey, you know, I mean, it's yeah. just, you know, all these guys that, you know, it's just a funny world. Um, and I could have took a different path. I could have, you know, done something. I was like, I, there was one gig. It was going to be for an, uh, a, 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 tra- a touring opera and ballet. And they were projecting the translations of the, I think it was an Italian opera on top of the stage. And they needed a projectionist for that that had to work with his computer and projectors back then. And it was going to go on the road and like, it was a six city tour or something like that. And uh, I didn't take that gig. I mean, who knows if I would have, I could have maybe ended up, you know, touring with you too or something. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. So how does real estate come calling for, for Greg? Yeah. Um, interesting. I mean, I've always been, you know, I think all of us has had some, some, t- some sort of fascination with real estate, but really in college, uh, one of my buddies, he went to go work for a software company. And they made uh, a software that would translate steno machines, you know, corporate court reporters mm-hmm. into real time text on a screen or, you know, it would work steno machine stuff. And, and he had, a, he, uh, a girlfriend of him or his girlfriend worked there. I guess he met her there and another guy who was in their support. And they used to be in the support department there. And um, she lamented that her mom's a realtor one day to him and, and said, you know, they have shitty software in real estate and, you know, we should, I mean, these, the software company we work for, doesn't look that hard. And, uh, and one of the other support reps is a guy named Dan Woolley, who said, well, you know, he's a programmer. Yeah. I could write, you know, something for real estate. And, uh, and then Eddie said, my, my friend said, well, I know a guy from college, he could sell anything. And he was talking about me. So it was April of 1992. We got together in, in, in Maggie, my, one of my partners back then's uh, condo, and we talked about making a real estate software company. And uh, we eventually called it Iris. And uh, it was one of the, um, back in the year 2000, it was the fast, one of the fastest growing software companies in the country. According to Inc. Magazine, we got a full like five, five page spread of the company in that magazine. And it was a, a, an incredible journey. Um, and uh, just uh, when I look back to in fondness, although I had no idea what I was doing back then as far as you know, this is back, you know, we're shipping things on uh, floppies, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you wow. know, software came in boxes yeah. and I would go to associations were, and- Were they were they yeah. the big floppies or the little floppies at least? Both. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then to CDs, right? It was just, it's um, you know, amazing nowadays. It's all yeah. wow. so much easier easier now. So that, 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 that um, you connect with e-neighborhoods somehow. You mentioned yeah. that. So how does that, how's that come about? So I sold the company, Dan and I sold the company. All of us did our, my four partners, Dan, Maggie and Eddie to um, a company called home seekers. This is like 2000, like, you know, everything's, everybody's selling their company to the internet, these big yep. internet companies and making a ton of money because the stock tripled. Right. Yep. Well, we got on the, the tail end when all that, when all that shit blew up. Right. So, yeah. So it's like, we, we basically, you know, I, I don't think it ended up costing us money to sell the company, but you know, we had sold it for like nine million, and we never got that. The, the company, you know, almost you know within a year uh, got delisted from the stock market and went wow. bankrupt. So it wasn't a great experience. And then Eddie and Maggie left. Um, they are still in real estate today. They run a great, uh, successful team out here in Southern California of Remax, a Select. Um, and Dan and I plotted on at um, this uh, Home Seekers for a while, and. While that was all going on, a friend of ours in the industry who owned e-neighborhoods, he had sold that company to Homestore at the time, which is now Move or Realtor.com. Yeah. And because of their shenanigans, I don't know if anybody remembers back then about all the stuff Homestore was 
was embroiled in. Yeah. He bought back or they, they gave him back his company neighborhoods and he restarted that in, in South Florida. He was originally from Philadelphia and he called Dan and I and said, listen, I'm restarting this thing. I'm doing it in Florida. Like you guys to uh, join me and I'll, I'll give you a little piece of equity here. And we're like, uh, we respected Stu so much. We, you know, he'd offered to fly us down and meet the team. So we're, we're, we're Southern California. We're moving to Florida. This is crazy. Yeah. And we went down there and uh, met Stu and the team. And, you know, it was just a clear line. He was making e-neighborhoods made these reports about, you know, a lot of information about a neighborhood and then recent home sales that he got from, he aggregated from public records all over the country. And we thought, man, if we could add MLS data to this and make a killer CMA by blending both of this. So we, we it was just a no brainer of what the product would be and how we could provide value. And mm -hmm. I remember Dan and I, driving back to the airport to Miami to, to head back. And both of us are silent because, you know, if, if Dan wasn't in, I wasn't in, I think he knew if I wasn't in, he wasn't in. So we didn't want to be the first one to speak. Yeah. And I don't know who cracked the first, you know, thing, but it was like, I, I think this is cool. This is, yeah, so do I. So, uh, um, uh, we were both on the same page and then, um, you know, Dan had a little kid. I was, you know, living with my now wife, uh, then girlfriend. And, uh, we just, uh, tried her luck and, and, and headed down to, uh, to South Florida and, uh, an incredible experience. I mean, just, uh, like I said, I'm, you know, Stu, I consider one of my mentors and, uh, that whole experience to me was, uh, uh, really transformative as far as business and just smart business people and to have that kind of opportunity. And here's the interesting thing that people, I'll give credit to those guys about is that they were shipping out because they had to have recent home sales, the latest and freshest recent home sale data, they would send out CDs every month, kind of like AOL CDs used to get. But so you would get the latest neighborhood CD put in your computer. And then you would, when you make reports, you'd have the freshest recent home sale data. Wow. So they, they basically sold their software as a subscription because of that monthly um, CD that was sent. So before there was ever a thing of software as a service, eNeighborhoods was learning all the lessons of what a SaaS company was about. Yeah. Um, and we learned them all. So when the internet really started to take off, when you can do this stuff all online with web apps, they were in a prime position to, to really take off. And, um, you know, it was like, you know, masterclass in, in running a SaaS company. So when we left the neighbor, we sold that, you know, we, we stent, did a while there. And then we sold that company to a company called Dominion Enterprises in 2007, which owns homes.com. They were doing it. They were yeah. buying a bunch of companies and rolling them up. And, uh, but if anyone remembers 2007, um, that's when, you know, shit hit the fan for this country in the, in the real estate crisis. Right. So it, uh, it was great timing for Stu, <laughs> right. He had sold the company, you know, right before all that happened. And, uh, but it was a tough go and we were there about a year and, and Dan and I have always kind of felt like we want to do something again together. And, uh, I don't know, our wives thought ours was crazy. Like there's, a the comp, the country's going, to hell in a handbasket because of real estate and you want to start a real estate software company, how to, and, and leave these cushy jobs and well, you know, no job is cushy, but, uh, and we said, yeah. And, uh, that's when we started WNR studios back in uh, 2008. And, uh, as the rest they say is history. You know, I think there's some value and, and there've been conversations around the real estate space about the time to make those kinds of moves is right when you did. Right. If you've got that, you can only go up. Right. I mean, we, yeah. you know, it's, it's you're, you're, you're coming from the bottom for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. when, when did you hire Damon Alton? 
How, how long has he been with your company? Oh man, Damon is the only guy out there that has been selling CMA software longer than I am because we had started Iris and then we started working with a company called Jay Williams, right? And Jay Williams was the, basically the one of the pioneers in CMA software. Okay. Um, he had a product called, it was guy's name is John Morris. Interesting guy to say the least. Um, he actually run, he owns a racetrack now in Pahrump, Nevada, actually. Ah. But um, he was selling a software called the System for Success Suite. Say that five times fast. <laughs> and their CMA was called Sell More CMA, right? Okay. And our product was called Lightning. And, and Dan had basically hacked MLS systems back then in the day. This is pre-internet to get mm-hmm. the photos off an MLS system. And then what what we, we did with the Sell More CMA is we, me and John would go out and together do dueling presentations of bringing photos into CMA software, which had never been done. Wow. And, and, uh, and we killed it. We went all around the country doing these big presentations and John taught me how to sell live for sure. I, we still use his same pitch today uh, when <laughs> we do live events and Damon was working for John. So at the end of, um, after a while, um, John says, Hey, you know, I, I'm, I want to start something new. Um, would you be willing, would you be interested in acquiring Jay Williams? And uh, me and my partners, Dan and Eddie and Megan said, yeah, absolutely. So J- Damon basically came on with that um, acquisition. Gotcha. Um, and uh, J- Damon's a you know very talented guy, um, s- very product centric too. Um, just a fun, fun hang too, you know. I, uh, I met him at a C21 operation in Gilbert, Arizona, mm-hmm. many, many, many years ago when I was with uh, Chicago Title. And he was talking about this new product, Cloud CMA. Yeah. So it's uh, very interesting. Yeah. Um, so WNR Studios gets rolling. Let's talk about some of the early iterations of Cloud CMA. You know, what was it? What was it? What was it in the beginning? Because that's that's like a lifetime ago. In, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. Tech world, right? Well, when we started, you know, Dan had this itch he wanted to scratch, and our first product wasn't Cloud CMA. It was a product called uh, Dwellicious. And it was a social bookmarking app for real estate where you could basically go to any real estate site, tag the the properties you liked, and then it would aggregate them on one of your, your own web page. Because at that time, you know, there's an app called Delicious, which was social bookmarking um, site out there. So it was a spin on that. And um, we launched that and we got some, it was pretty cool because we got some outside the industry kind of press with uh, TechCrunch and Mashable and these other kind of sites. It was like cool to see our our names in normal tech tech rags, right? Yeah, yeah. But we really there was no. It was a consumer base. We we're never, you know, we we're self funded, so there was no money to kind of do that. We had some initial, bu- you know, buzz, but um, there was no real monetization to it, right? And as a self funded so- software company, we needed we needed money. But some of the things that Dan learned there of like, and this is back. I don't know if anybody remembers on the podcast. This is the whole kind of Web three O movement, right? This is when web apps started. Like that was the big thing. It was like yep. you can build apps just for the web on a, through a browser instead of installing it from a CD or something. Mm-hmm. So we had learned a lot about when we made Delicious of like we could aggregate, we could take some information from web, an API that Yelp had, and we another one that Zillow had, and another one you know, this, and kind of build an app around all these connected APIs. And you know, again, maybe we're just a one-trick pony here, but we go, you know, maybe we can do some interesting stuff with an, a compute, a completely online CMA, right? So we had that kind of thing, right? And then, um, and it, it's funny, I just, I came up with the name Cloud CMA, and it, this is back in the day that nobody really, except for tech guys, 
would refer to the internet as a cloud, but it still hadn't hit mainstream. So when we launched it, people thought we were referring it to Lightning, our previous product, like, oh, the cloud and Lightning, I get it. Well, no, it, yeah. it means the internet. But When's Thunder getting released, right? Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, and what I did is um, I started blogging about it. You know, I just start writing as I, I like to do. And I would talk about like, you know, Here's what here's what we're thinking about doing, and here's the first iteration of our screen. Here's some logos. Pick my logo for me. What do you what do you think about these things? And we just got the community that you know these MLSs and people that were very curious about us leaving in neighborhoods and what we would start. Just seeing what we were creating and having a I think having a little bit of ownership in it because they were making comments and they were doing things yeah. and, and saying I don't like this one. I like this one. Oh, you should do this. You should do that. And then I think it was, you know, right around the end of 2009, um, one, one MLS in particular, Iris, I-R-E-S in Colorado, they were building their own MLS system. And they were getting to a point where they're building the CMA module. And uh, Lauren and somebody else was following my blog talking about cloud CMA. And she says, well, I, I think, you know, why should we build this? It looks like you guys are building something very innovative and cool. Could we license this from you? Wow. And we're like, well, sh yeah, sure. You know, um, so we had our first customer, an MLS customer before we even launched it officially. And then again, as a, as a self-funded startup, um, I remember her, Lauren calling me on, on that. It was December and says, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, once we negotiated what the price was, can we just pay 2010 up front? And it was like, yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm here. Yeah. Why not? Wow. And um and that was a start. I mean, you know, we yeah. we we performed there. We we got that going, and and then I just you know did the the tough work as we talked about before of talking to every MLS and get a data license and here and here. And then as as things spread, you know, a site license here, a site license there, and just uh, you know began the business right. And we then we launched our other products with cloud streams and mm -hmm. cloud MLX and cloud attract the rest of the cloud agent suite and um. It's just been kind of that journey, yeah. When you started this, were, were you are you talking about the days of like nine hundred and fifty MLSs around the country? Because it's right a smaller number now, right? Yeah, it's, it's it's about yeah six eighty five right now. Okay. Um, it's, no five eighty five, I think in December. Okay. Five eighty five or six eighty five. I think it's five eighty five. But no, it was it was a lot a lot a lot bigger number for sure. I mean, yeah. when I was in um, well, here's another weird thing is like I, I remember distinctly starting in the in the late nineties and the mid nineties. I thought NAR's membership was close to 800,000. So it was a smaller number, right? Yeah, yeah. Which always makes me think, is like there's more realtors now since Zillow launched than when Zillow wasn't around, right? And everybody's <laughs> talking about disruption. I don't know. Seems kind of backwards, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not very intuitive. Um, you This past fall, you uh, you published your first book. You said you like to yeah. write. You think about it. You've been, I wonder how many pages you put in the blog. But anyways, yeah. you know, you got a lot of a lot of writing experience there, but you wrote the art of the CMA got a lot of love. Um, I'll be honest with you, Greg. I just read it this past weekend because you're coming oh, okay. on. The show, so I wanted to make yeah. sure I, I read it. Fantastic book. It's like a, it's a, it's a blueprint, right. For, for, for people looking for opportunities, right. With, with um, CMA done right. I don't know how else to say that because there's lots of different yeah. ways to do it. Let's, how long were you thinking about writing this book? Cause I'm always surprised by these answers. Yeah. God, it was, um, it was two years um, before I finished it from the, what I thought about what I wanted to do to when I finished it. I had, I had a couple books in mind and um, I still have, you know, a couple still in my head here, but um, it was about two years. But the, the thing is, is that, you know, people give me a crap about like 
CMAs, why, how can you write a whole book about just doing a CMA? And after being at the beginning of really, you know, CMA software, I mean, I got to give credit to Dan and us to, for putting those things together and Damon as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I just had these stories. People told me of how they were using it. And I was, it's not just a, a tool for meeting, but a tool for, for uh, generating business. And, you know, the, if you think about it, you know, Zillow, the Zestimate, that's a, that's a, it's a mini CMA. It's a number, right? So this fascination of what your home is worth and what a CMA is and, and what a perfect introduction that is for an agent to, to show their value. It is really just a, a, a staple and um, something that um, every um, agent, you know, should be versed at, but there's so many different ways you can use it. I was just like struck by, um, you know, when I give presentations, I would always talk about, Hey, this is another way. There's another way. Don't forget this. Don't forget that. And you get these oohs and ahs and like, I could put, I could, I could write a book and I, that's what I did. <laughs> and you did it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you talk a lot about, um, the value of agents and I'm a big believer in this, that, yeah. that, that, um, that hyper-local knowledge that, that buyers and sellers are always going to want that. Talk about yeah. that for a second. Yeah. Well, on my website, if you go to theartofthecma.com, where you can order the book, um, you can go to Amazon as well. But um, if you go to Amazon, you're you're feeding Bezos' children. If you go to my site, you're feeding my children. Theartofthecma.com. <laughs> but on that website, the, the 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 tagline is, and people laugh about this, but I may, I make I think I should make some stickers. Is Zillow can't smell the cat. Love it. You know, and yeah. and that's just that's just a, a uh, one way of saying there's so much that algorithms can do. There's so much that you can see from a two dimensional space, even like these virtual tours of Matterport, which I love and, and mm -hmm. these other things. There's something about walking in that house and you know, yeah, this is it. This is home. Right. Yeah. There's something about a neighborhood about the drive up. There's something about, I mean, it's a very human thing, right? I mean, so I don't, I, and and the tradition in this, it's a traditional thing. It's a cultural thing in this country to have, when you have a big purchase, something like that, you want to have a trusted advisor. You want to have somebody holding your hand and guiding through, right? Um, it's just, it's part of what I think uh, is part of our culture. Um, and not to, you know, I, I, I think I love Zillow design wise and, you know, and what they're doing and some other sites out there, Redfin and, and Open Door, I think is an incredible company. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I just don't, I don't, I can't see a world, you know, where, where maybe the compensation changes, maybe the, you know, the role changes, whatever, but you're, I, I just can't see a world where brokers and agents aren't needed and needed desperately. Yeah. yeah. You, um, your partner in in one of your blogs, Rob Hahn has some interesting takes on like the future of brokerage. Yeah. Uh, you know, so first of all, real quick, how did you guys get together? Right. Yeah, I've been asked that question recently too. I can't remember exactly. It must have been at a lobby bar or some trade show where we. Um, I think one of the things that started happening with us is that because I had my blog and he had his thing, and and Rob's, you know, um, he he he's known for like just pulling the thread of that sweater as okay. far as it'll until that threader is gone. That 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 sweater is gone, right? Yeah, and um, and he, you know, long post right you know long thoughtful whatever mine is more i i see some industry news i take a snippet of what i think is the core of that kind of story and then i will summarize it in some humorous kind of manner so my 
and that to me that's a tough thing it's um i always remember the uh when writer said i'm sorry this letter is so long i didn't have time to make it shorter right yeah that editing's i think key but yeah. but rob we found ourselves that um on on panels a lot they would want to have me and him duke it out or like have different opinions and so yeah. after a while it's like well we should just do a podcast about this you know cool. everybody keeps asking us to the same events right so why not why not put this on tape in a sense and, and put it out there and that's uh that's a fun thing um because we're you know um politically different um you know he's you know he went to yale i went to devry right so there's a spirit there um <laughs> But I, you know, I love the guy. It's, it sounds like know, a match made in heaven. Yeah, it's no, it's it's uh, people like it when we argue. We can argue a lot. Um, he can come up with some crazy shit. Um, yeah. So it's it's fun. It's just it's interact. People just like that a lot. I, you know, it works. Whatever it is, it works for sure. Yeah. Um, I got to go back to Zilla for a little bit because one of my favorite phrases from your book um, was "zestimate judo." Yeah. <laughs> what is zestimate judo? Yeah. So, um, what realtors, you know, two things I, when I talked about putting Zestimates in a CMA and it was a story that Emin was writing about me writing the book. And that's one of the things they highlighted was like, I talked about that. And like the comments were like, what idiot would put Zestimates in a CMA? This is the agents like Zillow's bad. I mean, here's just the haters out there. It's nonsense. Right. Yeah. And to be, what I was trying to make clear to them was like, it's not about the subject property you're putting his estimate it's to the comps right what, what are the comps saying right um and, but even the subject property i mean whatever it is you can't you your client is going to go to zillow they're going to know that number for you to walk in there whistling through the graveyard and like oh zillow what's that i mean that's the stupidest thing in the world you want to be prepared so one way of being prepared is like showing what the actual price it sold for and what's what the assessment says and what's the difference so that you can walk in there educated, like, you know what? No, Zillow says this, but on average, Zillow's off by 3%. Zillow's off by 10%. Or let's say that you put a suggested list price that matches Zillow. Well, that's a judo move saying, well, you know what? Looks like Zillow's right this time. So any way you cut it, the Zestimate is your friend, yeah. right? It doesn't matter. You know, people want to jump on like, you know, that that we you're doing that as like uh, a diss to Zillow or this or that. no. If hey, listen, if if Zillow's gonna say I'm smart, well then Zillow's smart. Right? If Zillow's not, I mean I mean I can use it. It's it's the judo thing, the analogy is like using its own weight against yep. itself, right? So <laughs> if Zillow is gonna be right, if Zillow is pretty close to what you think the house is worth, well, use that as a factor to bolster your own thing. If it's not, show something to say, say, well, you know what? In this neighborhood, it's off by 10%. That's why mine is. So don't trust it because here's real data compared to their. They're kind of algorithm, right? Yeah, I love it. Just last month, WNR Studios was acquired by Lone Wolf Technologies. First of all, congratulations. And look, and I, I want to say this um, on the podcast, what you did for your company was unbelievable and very moving, to be brutally honest. Thank so, you, yeah. Um, so talk about that. Talk about um, what this means for you and Dan and what's on the horizon and the team and are you allowed to talk about something? No, yeah, no, absolutely. So we have gotten in the past so many inquiries from a lot of companies. This space is hot. Prop tech, whatever you want to call it, is just hot yeah. right now. Everybody, there's a lot of consolidation going on. And we were very um, flattered by just a ton of inquiry, inbound inquiries we got from other companies. 
about, you know, would you consider selling WNR, WNR? And it's nothing we really considered. We did hire an investment banker because we had so many of them. We just wanted to send them to somebody yeah. to kind of vet them all. Yeah. Uh, Cause there's a lot of these things that are not, they're more like junior level guys, just basically filling out a spreadsheet. Um, but I mean, as you know, with my blog and just my nature of being, you know, close to 30 years, I'm a news junkie about the industry. So I follow a lot. And, uh, there's one email that came through. I'm like, Oh, I know those guys, right? That's lone wolf. They bought uh instant and they bought zip and, uh, they got the backend solutions for brokers. We're not really great at selling to brokers. There's just a lot of, a lot of, and, and like, you know, one of the things they are big about is like keeping the broker and the agent in the center of the transaction. So that was one of the emails I, I responded to personally. Right. And didn't send it. I'm like, okay, I, I get these guys. This, this is worth a meeting. Right. And uh, we took that meeting and it kind of progressed from there. But it'd been a while. I mean, we had, you know, we'd first fired the bankers a long time. Our, our bankers told us, and I've been telling the story a lot lately, but that we were their longest client or their second longest client, because most of the time when you hire those guys, you're, you want to sell right away. We were just kind of picky. It's like we didn't, we had a profitable, good company, yeah. um, a good lifestyle company. If you want to, you know, everybody says that's a bad word. I think that's a great, a great way of doing it. Um, so we were we were afforded to be a little bit picky on it, and um, I like the team. Jimmy um, Jimmy Kelly, the CEO, Matt Keenan, the uh, Chief Revenue Officer, Kate, and you know, just the, the whole executive team is was pretty cool. Um, we got to know them all over Zoom. I've never met any of these guys in real life yet, which is That's still mind boggling to me. Yeah. Um, and you know, everything like that is it's ups and downs. I mean, I can't say it was like the smoothest thing, but it, it went as well as it could. And, uh, at the end of it, um, this happened, like, I think we signed on the 30th of November. And what you were talking about is that, you know, Dan and I, um, you know, we've been through this before with other companies and seen how it's done. And we thought, you know what, we want to share this. Um, we want to share this experience because it was such a great experience with everybody. We had about 35, six, eight, you know, employees. And we took the first million and we split it um, to all the employees and based upon, you know, their, their time with the company and, and position. And, um, you know, that's, it was great. I mean, for some people, it's just life-changing, right? I mean, from going out of debt to paying off something or to finally have savings. I mean, it was just a, and, um, and hopefully some other companies that, that are find themselves in the, in the fortunate position that Dan and I um, are in and you know we, we were able to do a million just because of this you know we had a, a good a good exit um that will do the same thing for their employees and their staff members i mean I, it's hard for me to call them employees it's just that many people you're just you know at that point family in a sense but um yeah. no and it's 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 already been paid back i mean it's the best thing we've done i mean it is better to you know give than receive i mean the the amount of people like you that have you know said stuff and people in the industry and then just you know the the heartfelt thing from uh, the team members has been great. So, I mean, it's the best money I've ever spent in my life. I tell you right now. Yeah. Well, Greg, I got to get you out of here. So I want to ask you the same question I've asked every guest on the podcast since Jay Thompson in episode one. Oh, wow. Five okay. and a half years ago. <laughs> so, um, What one piece of advice would you give a new agent just starting in the business? Yeah. Persistence, right? Don't quit. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a famous quote from, I think it's Calvin or which one was or Calvin Coolidge, I think it's just, you know, that's, that's really it showing up, doing the job and not, and not giving up. Um, it's hard to know when you have to give up or whatever, but, um, I I've only been here. I mean, it, it's taken me 
you know, you have a lot of vendors in the space that are so young and they've got all this capital behind them and everything else. And it's like, you know, it took me, maybe I'm, I'm not the smartest guy in the world for sure. It took me 30 years to get some sort of exit, but um, just be, be still going. I got a lot to learn. I'm loving now, you know, with Lone Wolf now and meeting the new team members and getting to know their structure. And uh, they've got some cool stuff. we got some cool stuff coming up, but um, yeah, just don't quit, man. Yeah. You know, just don't, a lot of people just give up too soon. Um, it's a, it's a grind. Um, and you know what, here's another piece. And I say this often with, uh, you got to have a co-founder, somebody with you on that journey, right? Somebody who's with you. Um, that helps things out a lot. If I didn't have Dan, oh my God, you know, and I, I, uh, I said this in a blog post that we talked about, you know, being together 10 years in this company. It's like, there's no, no road is long with, with the right companion. Huh. Beautiful. Greg, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, you can go Twitter. Uh, follow me on Twitter at, at Greg Robertson or just uh, G Robertson at lwolf.com. You know, it. I've like I said, I've followed you since at least 10 years, like the beginning of Cloud CMA, and um, we've never met in person. We've probably been in a lot of conferences together, but the next time we're back out there, we definitely got to find some time to sit down. Have oh, a chat. absolutely. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I would love to do that. So I'll, I'll buy the first Tangeray for sure. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to the Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. (laughs) 